Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made four low-budget feature films of varying success, and I've been to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length films on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Welcome back to Discount Film School. We've been very busy throughout the spring and summer uh, screening festival screeners for a film festival. I participated in the film festival last year. I was a movie in the film festival. And they contacted me and said, hey, would you like to screen movies for it? And I said, what does that entail? And they said about 75 hours of submissions. And I said, sure, because it sounded like an interesting opportunity. You guys, I'm talking to Emily and John Hunt. Mm-hmm. Hi. You guys are sadist sickos, I would say. You said, hey, I'd like to watch some of those movies with you. You know what? I watched a few, but you guys had entire days. We did. Where you were doing 10 hours of film watching. We pulled 10, 10 hours. Uh, more than that, actually. Some of them were, were even longer than yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's there crazy. Just a couple. I but... put in a couple of hours here and there. It all started when I announced that I was doing this, and John was like, uh, mind if mind if I joined for a few? Yeah. And we would do them remotely. We would queue them up on, on his computer, and I, I'm pretty sure that I was the only official screener that technically you should, yeah. shouldn't be allowed to... Because you know, they're actually pretty protective of the movies. Like, they don't want them to leave uh, of course. The, the firewall, if you will. But, you know, if, if you're going to embark on a 75-hour journey, <laughs> <laughs> you need to bring some friends along That's the way. That's right. That's right. So you watched many, many hours with me. Yes. Emily, you're downplaying how many you watched. You, you probably watched, <laughs> I don't know, maybe 10 to 20 hours of, of these. Oh, wow. Wouldn't you say? Where did, where did all that time go? You were, you were having a lot of fun. <laughs> so I thought, you know, there, there's no better reason in the world to have done this than to have recorded a podcast about it. Yep. We've all seen a lot of the movies. We have new insight about the current state. Of independent film. Yeah, I think that that was the most fascinating aspect of it all. Because we've been at this since about 2000. Yep. And well, and it was good for an ego boost on your part, too, because you look at uh, what these people are thinking is their magnum opus and submitting to film festivals, and it's just not quite worth it. And how much do we determine it costs to enter? $75? Yeah, 75 And bucks. so there are people out there who looked at this five-minute film where it turns out everybody's got a dog head and they're having a tea party. That one's good. And they thought, you know what? Yeah, seventy-five dollars. I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit this. That kind of sets the bar for what you're watching because if, if it was a free film festival, if anybody could submit, uh, you'd have thousands more submissions. Yeah, and, of uh, of arguably lower quality, probably. <laughs> right. Um. Of of anything anybody makes ever. Yeah. Well, and so what we ended up with was a lot of ones that that looked beautiful but were completely inexplicable. Like yeah. they were too artsy because they had no plot. Something I've said for a long time is like. Uh, a beautiful look is something that you can spend money on uh, some of the time. Uh, you know, that, that, that reduces the role of cinematographers. But a lot of times what makes a movie look better is more time, more equipment, more expertise. Yeah, and, and better technology. But do you, guys, do you guys think it's easier than ever to get that look these days? Oh, if yeah. you're just a complete amateur and you, you've just got your iPhone, can you make a movie and can it look as good as? I would say that there's a standard good that everybody can now achieve, yes. And then anything past that to stand out um, needs to be more special. Yeah, but that that standard good keeps pushing upwards as the technology improves and makes it nearly foolproof for you to do anything. Because of all these submissions, I think I only saw one that was really poorly done, like used really poor equipment. Um, 
I'm thinking of, oh, shoot, the, the religious one. Oh, yeah, the Live Love one? Yeah, the Live Love one. And that was the only one that stood out to me as looking bad. Do you want to describe, like, the plot and what happened in that movie? <laughs> if I can. Uh, so, because I think you posted about this one on Facebook because it was just so inexplicable. It was the only one that stands out, like, maybe right. Birdemic or The Room in being so bad that I have to watch it and show it to everybody. And when I'm talking called? about these movies that we saw, that that's one that pops up as well as, and then they all turned into fish, and then they all had dog heads, and then he should have shot his dad but didn't, and it's got the mom from E.T. The idea of purpose. The idea of purpose. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to say them. This is, like, totally irresponsible to, like, say the movies, call yeah, them out. Yeah, it is. But they, that one didn't get in, so there, there, there will be nothing tagged about this that, that leads that person to this podcast. Yeah. And hurts their feelings. <laughs> but it was, it was, um, so terrible. in this, you have, uh, it starts out with these students on a college campus having a Bible study. And, uh, this girl kind of describing the way she's been feeling about w- wishing she could help more, you know, uh, help other people in their spiritual journey. Uh, she goes to a coffee shop where there's this really depressed guy sitting there pouring over papers and touching his wife's photo over and over. <laughs> and uh, she sits down with him and uh, starts studying, and they have some very stilted conversation about Shakespeare. Uh, and then a guy starts shooting up the diner. Well, wait a minute. He, well, I'm going to pause you there. It, uh-huh. The most awkward guy to ever walk the planet. <laughs> All right. Before he, he starts shooting, he's he very, like, pacing back and forth. Yeah, he's very stiff-backed. He just, like... If you were in a real coffee place and this guy with a leather jacket and a stiff back started just kind of pacing with something below his leather jacket uh, and his hair was a little bit messed up. And then when he starts firing, he, he's got the bitchiest voice in the world. <laughs> he's like, everybody down, everybody down on the ground right now. I mean it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, well, what you were describing in your Facebook status too was that they were all medium shots. You can't tell how right. full the diner is. Right. You don't even know how concerned you're supposed to be for everyone's safety. Yeah. It because could just be the two people. You don't know if there's there. anybody there. And so the uh, the awkward, sad guy at the table pulls out a gun and shoots the would be assassin in the leg. And the guy falls on the ground and screams and then kind of is just quiet with his face down. <laughs> Presumably dead. I don't know. And then nobody calls the police or anything. And then uh, sad guy runs out. Now, while he's holding up his gun and about to shoot the robber, uh, whatever, right. the uh, Bible girl is screaming, no, don't do it. You have to feel love. Be love. Live love. And then he shoots him anyway. And then he darts out of the coffee shop and he goes to this just precipice overlooking the city. And he pulls out a picture of his wife and he he goes, we did it, baby. (laughs) And we're like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then she's back at the coffee shop and she's looking at the stuff he was pouring over. And there are these horribly laid out newspapers that seem to describe that uh, they were in a diner on their wedding night and his wife got shot. That's pretty accurate, actually. That's very accurate. The way she just represented the movie makes it (laughs) seem like they, you know, like... Like it worked. Like it was comprehensible. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was. <laughs> well, the thing is, I've watched this so many times. <laughs> to bring it into a little bit wider focus, I mean, there were a number of films that kind of suffered from what I thought was that the, the writer knew the problem, um, but it, but it but didn't give the audience enough detail to to form any kind of comprehensive story. 
So speaking of giving the audience detail, we've got a lot of detail that we got to fill in before we we start before we do any further analysis. Yeah. But I would I I, I did want to give you room to do the idea of purpose because I would say that was pretty much our bottom. Yeah. Um, but there are a few other other bottom dwellers that we'll get into, <laughs> like the one where everyone turns into fish. That's <laughs> that's another favorite of mine. Seventy five hours, mixed feature and shorts. So. Um, and some were documentaries and yeah, like animation, like any yeah. any genre. But now, do you have a percentage? Do you have a percentage of what was features and what was shorts? Uh, of what we watched? Yeah. Yes, I do. Of, um, of those seventy-five hours, we ultimately screened seventy-seven hours of short films because they ended up sending us last-minute ones saying, "Can you please watch more?" And we did have so much fun watching them that we did decide yeah. to. These were the, this is the genre breakdown. We had four animated shorts, yep. one documentary feature, seven documentary shorts. 26 narrative features. Wow. So we're talking about, uh, I think the, the criteria for that is 45 minutes and over. Yeah. I don't um, recall many in the, in the low end range no, anyway. No, Although ours was, and it got in last year. Yeah. Uh, ours was 65, uh, 111 narrative shorts. And that makes for 150 films combined. Wow. We watched, I watched a hundred, 150 yes, films. You watched, there were many that you watched that I didn't. But. In the guidelines, they say that you are allowed at the 40 minute mark to stop watching the movie. Yep. Did like, you, did you do that with any of these? No. Nice. <laughs> so if it's a 40 minute, you have to watch the whole thing. And yeah, shorts, short... shorts, you always have to watch the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they're really only, that rule only applies to features. Yeah. I am a filmmaker. I always have been very paranoid that when I submit for $75, you know, 75 bucks that, at one time in my life, I didn't have, you know, is, is anybody watching this thing or did they look at the cover and go, and eh, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, so does this make you feel better about the process? Like that, you know, that there are several people watching and they are looking at these criteria and finding you worthy. The guidelines require you to score every movie and to score the movies. You have to watch them. I've actually thought the scoring system was really well designed. The yeah. film festival, about 3000 submissions a year. And you showed me the schedule. Not very many of the things we watched showed up. Three things. Three things. Of the 150. Um, do you know how many we passed on, like that yes. we said were good? Did you say, was it 20, 26? We passed or? along. And, and to, to pass along means uh, you basically pass it to the next phase. Yeah. So I'm I'm like a bottom screener. Like I, they, they give me this stuff online. Well, it's uh, you give it a score. If it gets a passing score, you decide whether or not you recommend it. And so this is your recommendation. That's well, how you pass it on. The scores. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, we'll get we'll get into the how we actually score it. But yeah, it, I ultimately decide whether or not I'm going to pass the movie to the next layer of judges that say whether or not it gets in. So we uh, there was a short called The Story of Percival Pitts. Pilts, because it rhymes with stilts. Yeah, I actually watched that last night. You told me that you had uh, you had passed this on, and you wanted me to see it, and it was so cute. Yeah. Oh, it was a, it was a, it was uh, it was very well done too. Like you wouldn't think that it was done by an amateur. It looks like something that would need to screen before a um, a Pixar film, maybe. Yeah, it was kind of Raw Doll, Doctor Seuss. Um, very nice. It was uh, uh, this really nice central concept of a a, a a kid who who makes this conviction to always stand on stilts for the rest of his life, and then he actually has to. And is the weird person for the rest of his life because he, he made a promise to himself as a child. He Very helps cute. people get cats out of trees. He gets kites out of trees. There is the uh, one narrative feature of the 26 we watched. Oh, her composition? Her composition. Yeah. Which is like this mentally ill woman who's trying to write a piece of music. And she does it by uh, fucking a lot of dudes. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> like every every person she hooks up with, she takes something away and works it into her overall 
her overall piece. Zach just joined. Hi, Zach. Hello. You joined and watched a couple of these movies with us. Um, when I hit the 75-hour mark and my obligation was done, yeah. they asked for a couple more hours. So you saw about two hours of movies, including one about a documentary about uh, babies in Romania getting thrown out. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, which, it was called bathwater. <laughs> it, oh. it was called. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, throwing the baby out with the <laughs> bathwater, comma throwing the baby out with the. A documentary about a very serious issue in Romania. Yeah. That was so poorly made. It was hilarious. It was. It was incomprehensible. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was just all over the place. Like there were pretty much like three camera setups total. Yep. It was just a couple of. Uh, uh, oh, and remember the subtitles were so off that you couldn't read them. Yes. That oh, no, I would hate bad. that. Like, they, they, they were trailing behind. As somebody who deals with subtitles yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach, Zach subtitles for uh, Crunchyroll and for a few other services, <gasps> right? Yes. That's my dream job. So, and what else did you see? You saw, we saw uh, Bracken Rain, which was a uh, Korean film about. Um, oh, that, yeah, that was pretty incomprehensible, too. It, it was so experimental that it, it just dissolved. It was pretty. <laughs> yeah, it had, it had some interesting visuals, like a lot of films did, but. Um, yeah. uh, there was Meats, which was about uh, a man who. Uh, it was okay. Sold meat. It was all he right. Sold meat. Yeah. We didn't pass it on, though. No, it was was okay. The story wasn't there. Um, RPG, which was about a really amusing game of Dungeons & Dragons. It started off really strong. And then, halfway through... It became a different movie. It devolves into everybody's romantic problems, and it gets really dramatic, and then it ends. Yeah. Well, what would have happened if you had stopped watching that at 40 minutes? Like, does that it was stay strong for 40 minutes? That was a short. We would have had to oh, stop okay. watching it about six. I've wondered about that, too, with some of these things you've watched. If they if there are any that start out strong, keep it for 40 minutes. And then if you had stopped watching it, if you would pass, if you would have passed it on and then ended up passing on something that had a crappy. It's, it's well, good point. Interestingly, I think the one the other way around her composition, uh, which is one of the ones that actually made it through, I thought started off really lousy. Yeah. Um, and and really? it was because they used this this really um, this this trick that I didn't care oh, for. The aspect ratio. Yeah. Where where they they. Oh, and because they were using it in flashbacks, right? They changed their aspect ratio. Yeah, that's flashbacks. right. It's actually kind of clever. Uh, I didn't think it was that clever at all. I didn't like it. I thought it was distracting. I didn't like the ending of that. Was actually if we had stopped 30, 40 minutes into that film, I think. Um, I wouldn't have liked it nearly as much. So. But I can't think of any in the other direction. That movie did kind of like, it, it, it got so, we're talking about this movie called Her Composition that, that actually got in. It was the only feature that we passed along that got in. And it was about a woman who goes to a, like a prestigious music school and she needs to put together like a musical composition and she needs inspiration. So she decides to basically just fuck everybody. Um, <laughs> and uh, she has she just has lots and lots of sex, uh, irresponsible like writing, sex. Every guy she fucks, she like go- goes to this mural she's working on on the wall and starts like drawing things about him. Yeah, and like taping like napkins from their date and stuff to the wall, and it starts looking very um, beautiful mind where it's crazy and only you can like only she can see where these threads intersect. And I was just waiting for her to take her composition back and be like, see, and then to be like, what? You're, you're expelled. <laughs> but uh, it turned out that she was a genius all along. And whatever this process was where she's uh, taping shit to a wall and drawing a picture of the Brooklyn Bridge to represent this black guy. I don't know. Like, like somehow that ended up being This was genius. the film. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. I don't really like seeing that kind of thing win out in the end, but I mean, I kind of do. 
I guess that's ultimately what I liked about it was I was like, they didn't demonize her. Like, and she deconstructed throughout the whole, she starts getting like uh, some form of AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> she, she starts falling to bits, but she pulls it together at the end. And it's, it's kind she of starts uh, getting very sweaty and pimply and ter- like <laughs> terrible things. Yeah. Happening. This is, these are the early stages of AIDS. Correct. <laughs> sweaty and pimply. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Frankie. I think that was the only film with full frontal male nudity. Was it? There was some cock in the movie, yeah. Yeah, that was the only one, though, out of all 150. <laughs> um, is that true? I don't know. I I, I don't really have a... Um, I did keep some stats. That wasn't that one wasn't of them. That wasn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. Um, wait, wait, wait. Was there any nudity in that uh, Blackwater movie? Or Darkwater? What the was that where- about? That was the one where everybody turns into fish at the end. <laughs> I don't. Oh, um, because were, he's in love with like a, a stripper. Yeah, they're 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 trans transgendered people. Yes, transgendered people. But, uh, but transgressive I, people. They're fish now. I don't think we see any cock, male, mm. female, or otherwise. <laughs> female, male, fish, fish cock. And the other one that got in that a now real th- mystery. This one's really interesting. I, I really want to be clear on this. Um, it's a docu- It's the only documentary feature we, wa- we watched in the entire run, and we passed it along, and it got in. It's called Zen and the Art of Dying. It's about a bunch of hippies in, I think, Hawaii. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> tropical, somewhere uh, warm. <laughs> uh, t- taking a Zen approach to death. Yeah. Where you kind of like uh, embrace it and enjoy it. And this, we watched this pretty early on, as I recall. Yeah, like so, so early we felt miscalibrated. We yeah. later were like, oh, that was a real mistake. Yeah, we shouldn't have passed that on. Because we, you start to get, like you start to develop a, a discerning taste the more the process goes on. Where you, you know what the good ones are, you know what the bad ones are. You know which ones you shouldn't get. Because at first you have this instinct where you're like, oh, I should give this little movie a chance. Or like, yeah. you know, somebody, oh, I see the, I see some good aspects of it. Somebody else should watch it. But then- well, what, and that's kind of your falling down too as a as a screener is yeah. that you really believe in people making their art and you really give a pass to people who suck sometimes when i try to make fun of something you're like yeah but he look at it, he really did it he finished his movie and so probably at the beginning you're being a little soft-hearted like that the participation award yeah. <laughs> all i'm trying to point out is that it's a miracle to make a movie ever yeah it's a miracle when it's super good. It's a miracle when it's the room. It's it, it, it's it's a miracle like anywhere in between. So, um, now I had a question because you said this is the only feature length documentary. You right. guys also watched one about uh, gang members who everybody had a shaved head, and uh, and it was <laughs> oh, completely shot from the back, so you couldn't tell who was who. Yeah, but that was a narr- that was narrative. Even though it was it was documentary esque, it was narrative. That was narrative. It, that was narrative. It, it was oh, shot okay. in a documentary was... style, perhaps, but yeah. Um, because I enjoy your description of it more than I think I would enjoy the movie. So I just like <laughs> thinking about it well, 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 <laughs> more so well, that I want to watch it. Wasn't there one called Male Man, but it was male was M-A-L-E or something? You watched yeah. that one. Well, I think that might have been the one that said thank, special thanks to Maria Natapoff at the end. Because right. one of them that you and I watched together had a thanks to Maria. Oh, that's another really good point is when you watch 150 independent films submitted to one festival and you yourself are an independent filmmaker – you see people, you know, <laughs> and, that, and that's a really fucked up thing. I bet. How um, do you, I mean, do you have any idea how many, like, were there more than a couple people? You oh, know? It, it kept happening. Yeah. Um, there was one that was the, the little blonde boy from sexually Frank was in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he played young mailman. Oh, okay. So that was the one. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, there was, um, what else? Uh, well, and every now and again, too, you get recognizable actors. There was Flowers in December that had the mom from E.T. Right. There was, um, And I just watched that the other day, and that was pretty good. I'm surprised 
that didn't get in. Yeah, we passed that along. That was really good. There was the kid from um, uh, from American Horror Story. He played Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. He was in a movie called Safe Light that was very boring, but he was very good in it. You saw that. Yeah, he was good in it. He was uh, he, he uh, had like CP, but it wasn't clear he had CP until about halfway through. Yeah, it, I thought it was actually really a really good performance in a in an unfortunately otherwise kind of dismal and not really well thought out. Actually, film. you know that was an, an example. The, the, this very rarely happens where you have a really good cast across the board. Yeah, I, I thought a lot of the acting in that was good because also the there was a guy from True Blood in that. He um, uh, that show True Blood. He plays he plays like a witch. In True Blood, but he's in this, and he's amazing in it. Do you remember? Yeah. It was like the bully in the movie. Yeah, he's hilarious. It was all it was re- the the acting, and that was definitely not the standard case, though. No, to- <laughs> it's very rare that you have a movie that has an excellent cast, and they're all performing and engaging, and the, just the story itself is not engaging. Yeah, Nor- normally the the cast falls down with everything else. Yes, well, with everything except the technical. So Zen and the Art of Dying. To get back to it, um, well, you told me. That if I wanted to get an idea of what it was like, just watch the first five minutes. And that's it. Yeah, I don't know that there's anything beyond that. Is, is that pretty much how it goes? You watch the first five minutes and uh, you get it? We watched the whole thing and we saw an interesting little documentary and we thought it was good enough to pass along. Yeah. Then down the line, we said, wait a minute, that probably wasn't good enough. Then to our shock, it got into the actual f- film festival. Yeah. Um, so I'm now is a good time to actually look at the score sheet. And what's involved in scoring these damn things. Yeah, and yeah definitely. Because I found it really interesting, the, the standards that they, that they upheld. And things that would and would not get in. Like, just looking good is not, is not good enough. Like, you are required to have a plot. <laughs> and you are required to have characters. This film festival, perhaps more than, uh, than your average, because they tout themselves as a writer's festival. And so they're, they put story first. They insist that the thing have a story. Um, so, yeah, it can't just be an amazing, like, bizarre experimental film, for instance. Every time we watched anything, we had to fill out it – t- it took a good, I don't know, 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes yeah. to fill out each one of these scorecards. Um, and so, uh, naturally, if you watch a lot more – if you watch 10 shorts instead of three features, yeah. you have a lot more overhead work to do in terms of scoring. And you fill these out for every single one, regardless of you it was to. just terrible and I don't like it. You have to actually break down what was wrong about right. one that was terrible yeah. just the same way you would about one that you're passing on. No matter how much you want it to just be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're um, done here. Because they, they, they do document – and you know, you asked earlier, does it make me feel better about how, how I fared? It does because I can see a really clear scientific method for how they're choosing the movies. Yeah. And – um, this, this past year we were in a, a category called the comedy, uh, last year uh, having fun up there. And this year there were only five features in that category. Now last year, did you see any of the others that showed up in that, in that category? The only other no. thing that I watched last year, other than your movie was I went to a roundup of young directors, short films. And, and when they say young, uh, I think they'd be in high school, right. uh, because my husband had been in one, right. Uh, and it was kind of baffling how his film got in because it had such bad audio syncing issues that it was distracting and just really poorly done. I don't think that that's part of the um, the central roster of mo- like I, I like when you look at the lineup on the website. I don't think you're looking at those. Yeah, uh, but the, but I guess that's what they do with a bunch of the shorts is they put them together into a categorized. Uh, set yeah, bundle of shorts. So when you, when you think about 3000 submissions, you think about overall, probably about 15 to 20 features. We'll get into it finally. Um, and yours got in through this process, which is a stepped process where everybody has to score it and multiple people have to approve it. that might not even know each other. Yep. Um, it's kind of a miracle. 
Yeah. So the scorecard. Yeah. First, they would ask the category storytelling and plot. And they ask all of these questions. And you're supposed to address all of these questions in your response. Uh, is there a strong narrative? Does the film create a compelling world? How well is the story told? Was the subject compelling? Is there a clear beginning, middle, and end? How are the pacing and timing? Do the methods of storytelling, interviews, voiceovers, temporal elements, etc., serve the film? How well are they integrated? Is there a narrative drive? And that's just the first part, isn't it? That's just or is the that... first part. Yeah. Often they did not have beginnings, middles, and ends. No. And that's one – there's there's another one that I talk about a lot where it's an old man and his son walking through the forest. It's called Foray. Uh, the joke being that they're out walking around. It's a foray, but also it's the word forest in French. It's got a little, uh, little hat over the, over the, and yet it's not a comedy. (laughs) No, no. Well, they, they were out walking around. The old man is having hallucinations of a woman offering him a cigarette. They are, he's making his old, uh, senile father take his medicine. And I thought the only way this can end, the only, it's only like, 10 minutes long, but the only way this can end and bring it back is if he's taking his father out to the forest to shoot him in the head. That's the only ending I'm accepting. Uh, And no, they just walk around and then they go back to their car and then they drive home. That's not, that's not an ending. You guys, that's, that's the one that comes to mind for me because it was so, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. It had like, uh, it had promise because it lo- it looks good and it had characters, I, I guess, uh, but it had no end. Say, say it with me. It looked pretty. It looked pretty. It looked nice. It looked like a real movie. It looked like a real movie. The second category is originality and concept. Is the film original? Does it have unique qualities that separate it from other films? Is it a retold story? And if so, does it have an original take? Is it fresh? They make you rate it from zero to 20. Yeah. Um, or one to 20, I guess. Um, 20 being the highest one being the lowest and event. And there are five categories. So eventually it'll be a, uh, a, uh, out of a hundred, it'll be out of a hundred. Um, and originality often stumped me because while I can say I've never seen a movie like that, I never wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> and this brings us to dark water. The one where, uh, there's some sort of disease going around where people turn into fish. Uh, and the guy is running through the streets and everyone's glowing green. And then they get to, uh, he, I don't know, gets to this bar that he's been frequenting and, uh, and the prostitute that he's in love with has a fish head. Like that's original. I've, that's a lot more coherent than a lot of the things I saw. As we know, I'm able to put a spin on it that, uh, explains like, like, like it has a plot. That one was pretty inexplicable. I've watched that a couple of times. If you could boil it down, uh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> the, the, it, it, it's, it's, it's the end of the world and everyone's turning into fish. That's kind of a plot. Yeah. That's kind of like a plot. You know, it was kind of interesting because they, a lot of them came with summaries from the director. And I often found that by reading the summary from the director, you could understand way more of what the film was about by actually, than by actually watching. Shall we, shall we actually talk about a one young- of our, one of our favorites? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I hesitate to call it out by name because oh, it's oh. so cruel, but. Um, oh, I think I know which one we're talking about. Oh, yes, about. you do. And, and let, me, let me just say, too, that we found out later that it was meant to be a companion piece to another oh, yeah. film. That other film never got finished. And I'm supposed to know and this so, shit. Yeah. And so this is uh, meant to be uh, a look into a character from a larger film. Yeah. 
And that film doesn't exist. Yeah, and they, so now they, this is just a look at a guy who also doesn't exist. Yeah, the, na- the name of the film is Window Chalk. Oh, that <laughs> one. You saw it. I yeah. saw that one, yeah. Uh, and and uh, I nicknamed it A Young Man is Unwell, because that's all I could... Unwell, because we got to the end and Frankie said... John, tell us what that is about. I'm saying this like I was even in the room with you guys. I've just heard the story enough times. That's the only thing I could get out. What is this movie about? Well, Uh, a young man is unwell. (laughs) It's 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 the only thing you can really get out of the ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's like this kid. He's out in a barn by himself. He's drawing things that are now coming to life, and so he draws himself a brother or he draws himself no, an older a gay, boy, of himself a, gay boy, a gay boyfriend a gay boyfriend <laughs> you, you didn't know this the, the, yeah. the, the movie is it's a gay movie yeah it's it's well gay in a way so genre genre under homosexual <laughs> yeah it is it is and and no so the the idea is he's he draws these portals and it it draws out this young man he's attracted to but the young man gets distracted and so he draws out he like a coach from his school who to like just dis- to like distract him or keep him interested uh I, it was very very strange um, but but I only got that because I read the director's summary, who he very mm-hmm. helpfully provided a very well written summary. If only the film had been able to connect. That was like the, that was the film you couldn't. I couldn't understand anything that was being said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because it starts off with them going lemon dream drops. Yes, lemon, lemon dream, dream drops. drops. It does. But isn't he like writing these words into the dust on his desk out in the barn too, or something? <laughs> lemon dream oh, drops. Dear. Or writing in, it with in the last minutes, he he goes up to a mother who's screaming and being crazy, and then and then he starts walking around outside. Yeah. Uh, it's completely incomprehensible. Totally. It's, it's, it's precisely the sort of thing the festival doesn't want. Yep. And then, you know what? You feel terrible because then you go, you know, you would think I don't have time in a, for 150 movies to look into every one of them. But if they were intriguing enough, we would look on their website yeah. and see like, what the fuck are they talking about? Well, and when you say things that the festival wants, there was a lot of that coming into play. You were, there was some politics involved where you thought they're going to want feminist movies or right. they're going to want something with kind of a, a positive spin on yeah. another culture. Well, I remember, I remember one that was really interesting about uh, like this. Well, I, I don't remember the name of the Is film. Is this the one about the Indian woman? Who, yes. Yeah. Who, who, who gets a face cream, uh, but she uses it wrong and it, it ruins her face basically. Wow. It, was it, this was not a documentary. No, <laughs> no, it was a narrative. She wants to have a fairer skin face because yeah. the, the beauty standard in India is that the a lighter, m- skin. the more Caucasian you are, the hotter you are. And we saw another one that was about Indian women and the standard of beauty because right. it was like an aging soap star. That's right. Or, or something like that. And she was being replaced by her own daughter who was becoming more famous than her. We or something, that something like that. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was not bad. That was that was a feature. I'm surprised that that none of that stuff went through. I, I maybe I was being too cynical. I I, I got the yeah. impression. Here's why I got that impression: to even be qualified, to even be approved to to be a screener, they made me take a test. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't. I don't know this part. Really? They made me score three movies yep. to see what my what how I do with this. Yeah. And um, they one of them was a documentary about a bus driver, and he, it was a very interesting man, but a terrible documentary. And they wanted me to say that. But these were movies that had already either made it in or didn't make it in previous years, or these were new for this year. I don't know. I think they were just solely for the purpose of testing. Yeah, I think I think they were part of a test pool, calibrating, a cesspool. Uh, yes. Um, the second was about a Middle Eastern family who goes to the mall and runs into some racism uh, that that is undue. Undue. <laughs> undue. Um, 
As opposed to most of this justified racism we see. <laughs> and the so third, cozy. the third was uh, a narrative about two boys growing up, and it was very much like Boyhood, yeah. but it was even more boring. <laughs> even, <laughs> even, more. even more slow and pointless. Even though I had pretty good performances, so I scored all of them. This was in the preliminary stages, and I said that they were all terrible, and I didn't pass any of them on. And they said, well, we want you then because too many people are too nice. However, we would have liked to have seen you pass along the Middle Eastern racism one. And that gave me the impression of like, oh, do they want to see more social justice in the movies? Yeah. Right. Because later you were called out for not being mean enough. Right. You you showed us this email that you received. Yeah. Well, and we'll look at that. Uh, so the third category, characters and subjects. Are the characters fully developed and interesting? If the film is a narrative, does the dialogue work? Do the characters have a distinct dialogue or does everyone sound the same? If the film is a documentary, are the subjects that act as primary characters? Are the characters compelling? Do they exhibit change? Uh, not often. <laughs> No. <laughs> Characters were a major problem. Lots of movies with people doing nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Can someone tell me why there are lots of movies with people doing nothing? I, I think <laughs> that, that people think that that's interesting because it's it's like a view on life. But that's not what makes a film. That's not what makes a, a story, like an action. Is it kind of like in life when film. you meet a quiet person and they try to pass their quietness off as intelligence? Yeah, like quiet intensity kind of thing. You know what I mean? They're, they're kind of like, well, I only talk when uh, I have something intelligent to say. Yeah. And you're like, no, you don't. You know, just don't talk at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, general impression. Um, was the film impacting in some way? Were you invested in the story? Did the film create an absorbing world? Did you care about the outcome of the film? <laughs> Did you take anything away from it? Did the film realize its intentions? Did the film make you think? Does the film inspire conversation? Did the film fulfill the mission of the festival? Um, well, what is the, what do they state is the mission of the festival? I, I think it's like along the lines of like to tell very competent stories. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what you were taking away from it is that if, since it's a writer's festival, they rely on really good writing at once. They have the biggest screenplay competition, I think in the country. And they, they started out as a screenwriting festival and now, and then they started allowing productions in. And so they really want to make sure it's good, solid storytelling. Um, there was, I remember, so we're going to get into the, the email where they told me to be more mean. Yeah. Um, I remember one was a really, I thought a really good script. It was about, um, it was about these gangsters, of course. So it's a little bit cliche in that way, but this is not the one with everyone having shaped heads. No, no. Do you want me to talk <laughs> about that? I can talk about that one. Well, I didn't get to see it and the, the descriptions of it are the best part. All right. I'll, I promise I'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Uh, it was like a cross and then a double cross. It was kind of, I thought it was kind of good. Yeah. Um, oh, was this the, the, the like Asian Kung Fu one that we, that we saw? No. No. <laughs> that was like the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, uh, it was, uh, it looked really nice. Yeah. Did it? I, I, don't even, I don't even know if that one did. I thought that one was pretty good. It had, it had some innovative stuff to it. it some like, innovative stuff. This is why I, you're the screener, not me. <laughs> No, I, hey, uh, I, I remember you were you took this very seriously, even though you weren't an official screener. You were like, this is really serious business. Do you remember we were we were watching them and you started looking like uh, we went out to like eat and you were thinking of everything in terms of these categories, like everything was through, through the prism. Of, <laughs> yeah, I think I was How's trying to apply like, color theory to one of these things. I'm like, look, look, it's uh, it's yellow when she's thing. happy. You know, I remember I remember you assessing um, a rest stop on the side of the road. 
<laughs> you're like uh, uh, clean, uh, clean bathrooms. However, uh, c- could have been located closer to the road. And <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Um, they also had the, the the responses had minimum words, so I or minimum characters. Yeah. So I couldn't just be like sucks, sucks, dicks. <laughs> no, no, done, <laughs> done. Zero out of zero. I can't even. I literally can't even. Um, so in the B meaner email, they, they said, uh, hey, Frankie, we're in the process of reviewing our screener scores, and I wanted to check in with evaluations you're giving us. I'm a little concerned with how many yeses you've, you're turning in. So far out of the 27 films you watched, you've said yes to 12, which is a 44% yes rate. So I, was, I had watched 27 up to that point. I would have about 115 to go. Yep. Um, we consider it a warning sign if a screener gives a yes to more than 30%. Makes sense because... They have 3,000 submissions. Yeah. And you got one maniac just past yeah. 40%. Like, oh. It's all wonderful. I like movies. <laughs> I remember telling somebody that I was doing this, and they were like, that's so cool. So you get to, like, watch a bunch of movies? And I'm like, these aren't movies. <laughs> yeah, one could say that, but. Uh... Yeah. I pulled and watched a couple of the films that you gave a yes to that someone else gave a no to, and I wanted to touch on them briefly. Overall, I think you just need to be a little meaner and a little less forgiving on certain aspects. So he, and he gets to base that off of what I'm saying about the movies, right? Yeah. So he actually has a starting place for this. So for instance, on He's the Best, which I know, I know you saw both sides of, the positive elements of the film don't really line up with our mission. While it was well shot and there's certainly a message being communicated, the story is bare to non-existent. We don't know anything about the protagonist and don't have much of a narrative arc. More of a setup and then a punchline. I think a good way of thinking of films like this is that the story isn't the primary focus or intent of the film, which should always be a no for the purpose of... The second film I watched was The Gangster Short, A Way Out. So it's this one. It's definitely understandable why you like this film. However, for the purposes of you need to be extra critical on dialogue and originality. For me, the dialogue was too on the nose. I don't, I think he's right about that. I think it was actually pretty good dialogue, but whatever. It's hard for me to believe that someone could break into a monologue as quickly as that old guy did. Your film last year was one of the very few I found where a monologue in the middle of a scene came across as natural. And I delivered that monologue. Beyond the monologue, the dialogue was all too on point, brisk, and efficient to feel authentic to me. Very written quotes. As for originality, I think you could be a little harsher on this aspect as well. Pulp Fiction and In Bruges came up pretty instantly for me while watching the film, but there are a lot of others that tell this exact story. Just because a film tells a story well doesn't mean it differentiates itself from its ilk. Like I said earlier, a film doesn't need to reinvent the wheel, but it does need to stand out from similar movies. I couldn't really find a moment in this film that I hadn't seen in another film. All of this isn't to say that you're wrong in any way, and I would never claim that either of these two movies are bad. It's just not our job here. However, what I will say is that neither quite cut it in fitting in well with our mission. Let me know your thoughts. I'll talk on the phone if you want. Wow. This guy is awesome. I emailed him with one line that said... I hate almost everything I'm watching. I'll be much meaner. Because <laughs> I was trying to be nice. And he was like, oh, he was like, oh, wait, you hate everything? So have, have you seen anything that you love so far? And at the time, no. The answer is like, no, yeah. absolutely not. So you developed a crust around your heart too. Yes. Uh... Yes. Well, I, I just allowed it to grow. <laughs> Three sizes <laughs> that day. There was one movie. John saw it too. Yeah. And did you see it, Emily? Z- uh, Zellos? Uh, yeah, I showed it to Zach has seen it as well. No, I don't think so. Shit, I should have told you to watch it. Uh, no, no. What was it? Zelos. Zelos. Um, yeah, it, I thought it was it was a paragon of excellence. Of all one really of all one hundred and fifty movies, yeah. we thought this movie was excellent. Wow, I should watch it. And 
It didn't get into the festival. No, it was it, it, it had it had beautiful cinematography, a really tight, comprehensive story, good characters, uh, and original story. Arc. Yeah, yeah, original story too. I I really don't understand. All right, no spoilers, you guys, because that's what I'm going to watch after we're done. Well, here. wait, I should probably tell the people what it's about, even though you uh-huh. don't want it spoiled, right? Uh huh. Should I put my fingers in my ears? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Should I listen to this segment later. <laughs> um. All right. It's a it's a movie. It's it's a the not too distant future. Yeah. Um, not to start singing Mystery Science Theater. Um, <laughs> and then not. But they, uh, it, it's a time in which you can order a clone of yourself f- through the mail to help you around the house or help you accomplish a task. Um, some people might want it for like, for me, it's like, oh, I got to do my day job, but I also want somebody to record this podcast. Yeah. So I'll clone myself and have a, a clone sent to my house. Uh, this woman is having a hard time competing for status with her neighbors. Um, and she's all, while also like attending to her husband's sexual needs while also attending to her stay at home. Cause family. he's a real monster. <laughs> uh, so she of course she orders needs a whole other person to sexually satisfy her husband. <laughs> she, she of course orders this clone who of course the husband actually does fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and she didn't really want to have sex with her husband very often, but now the clone's doing it all the time and she's jealous. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> She ends up being able to like run a road race and beat yeah, one of Yeah, because she was doing her training. She was she was training and she wanted to beat her neighbor, her yeah. shitty neighbor at a road race. And ultimately, <laughs> it's unclear at the end whether like this one of the two of them is being very motherly with the family and it's unclear which one of them yeah. is. Which I I actually kind of like that. Um yeah, you're <laughs> like we don't know which one is on, feels on the outs. Yeah. You know, is it the clone all jealous of the of the family she doesn't get to have or is it uh, the other one being put out? So, um, and that's not to even go into description on how beautifully shot this thing was. Yeah, and 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 you know, not to be unfair to you, Frank, but the the actual film is even more nicely woven yes. together than the way you described yes. it. But, uh, yeah, I, I was I was shocked. I thought for sure that one was a shoe in. That was my, probably my favorite thing that we saw in the whole festival. And anytime we saw anything that kind of rose above the 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 rest like that, whenever you look them up on IMDb, they're they're established in some yeah. way. Like, but maybe that's what kind of pulled it away. Maybe. Wasn't looking for for folks that are super established. Maybe not. Um, I, I mean, I got in for God's sake, and I'm not, you know, <laughs> super established. Well, you're established. You're you're on IMDb at least. It's got that, your, that is a low bar to clear. No, it's, it's got is, your yeah. it's got your height and birthday, right? <laughs> there was a time when I was like, I've done it, and uh, yeah, no. but aren't you? Um, <laughs> you I mean, pay thirty four ninety five. You pay for that, right? Pizza yeah, there you go. On IMDb. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach's on IMDb. For God's sake, I think with multiple oh, really? credits. I used to watch my star meter rise, and I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wants to get Zach uh, in for a picture. <laughs> well, I was in one terrible short film, so maybe uh, maybe I should be on IMDb too. <laughs> Emily, if you man up and make a movie with me we can actually All get right. you on there a lot yeah let's do uh, this thing so uh you want to hear about bald heads <laughs> there was a all the time there was a there was a, a move a narrative that i would say was probably very complicated to make i mean it looked very hard it to did make, it did to make that movie it's about um uh Maybe Los Angeles, some some yeah, area of Yeah, very ambitious, very ambitious. It, it, it's, it's about gang life, drug gang life, uh, f- from multiple points of view, a prison guard, uh, a young child, or a teen, and uh, somebody who's very established in it. And it, they, they, they decided to go with this style where they follow people walking around all the time. Oh, and it really hurt it. Like basically a Steadicam <laughs> style. And every uh, many because well, how would you say these things are mounted? Like, are they are 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 you actually seeing the back of the character's head the whole time? 
often. Yeah. Like, like, is there a camera mounted to their shoulders? No, like no, no. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's on a, it's on a, a steady cam operator's body okay. probably, but, but they still are <laughs> like, they'll go upstairs and then they'll go through the kitchen or, or like, I remember they had a really good, what I thought was a really good opening, yeah. which was in that style where you don't know who anybody is. There's just violence. Yeah. I actually thought that was really good, but it turned out to just be serendipitous rather than intentional. It turned out that that was the style of the whole movie. Yeah. If they had used that as kind of a narrative device, I thought yeah. that would have been really solid, right. but they were just, and there, there was a couple of times where they did interesting things with Steadicam where they like went inside of a house, went up to the top, followed around a few characters, then stayed there yeah. and let other characters, like there were these two kids that went downstairs, went outside. And then suddenly you were looking out the window. Yeah. So, so it, it was smart. It was tr- some moments. It was tr- so it, so it switched from who they were following. Like it went to another character and now that character went outside. Yeah. It was like, like, um, it was trying to play with space, like the, mm-hmm. the amount of space between the camera and the subjects. But often it was just in the form of following their fucking heads around and, and, <laughs> and they had bald heads and like, because everybody was kind of skinheadish. And, um, and after a while you were, you were like, I would really love to see one of these characters faces. Cause I don't yeah. even know who they are. Eventually you did get to see them, but even when you did, you didn't know who they were because you're just been following them around. Right. And, and I mean, it actually was a legitimate problem with figuring out who was talking and who was trying to relay what part of the story. It's true. 75 hours is, is kind of the minimum, um, obligation when you agree to be a screener. Uh, if you do it, you get a badge and you can actually go to the festival, but I didn't. Um, there are remote screeners and there are local screeners. So I'm a remote one, meaning all of the submissions came through either Vimeo password protected or through without a box. Um, but if you were local, you would have to attend like team meetings and you'd have to pick up DVDs and watch them on DVD and stuff. Uh, Do they have uh, like group showings at that point? Like, would you go to a theater and they would show a bunch of these? There's nothing about that in these guidelines. So I don't think so. Cause that would have been fun. I would have. Yeah. done that if that was an option. I mm-hmm. think that they would think that that was kind of a waste of resources because like it, you, if you have 10 people watching the same movie, you could have them watch 10 movies. Yeah. You know, um, they're trying to just get through the, the mess. Yeah, right. I mean, the, most of the, these people's year is preparing for this festival, meaning like, uh, can you guys imagine if we needed to do this like again now? I would just kill myself. <laughs> I mean, I, I loved it, but I'll never do it again. Really? I would really? do it again. Oh, I would do it again. You guys are nuts. I only watched, I watched maybe 50 hours. I don't think I was, there's probably another 25 that you watched that I didn't. Well, and I would do it again. I'm going to refer John and I'll refer you. Cause you could be local. You could actually oh, pick yeah. up DVDs and everything. You're, you're, you're out there. Yeah, I would, I would happily. Uh, I'll, right. I'll, maybe it gave me a lot of perspective on, on those, the momentary state of, of well, it gives you a new way of looking at what makes a good movie, at least me, because I'm not a filmmaker the way you guys are. The other, and so, uh, being able to define in exact terms, what is making a good movie and what is not making a good movie through that rubric, they really help you think about that. Like think mm-hmm. you know, they, they make you answer those questions that, that might be, um, implicit most of the time. I mean, the, one of the things that was really kind of very interesting to me was even the ones that, that were kind of, that were watchably good, but not great. Um, probably the, the, the reality is not many, nobody's ever going to see them. No. Um, lots of, and they all have Kickstarters, every last one of them. Yeah. Uh, Except for the people involved and, and, and festival screeners, nobody's going to see these. And that's kind of sad. That's, that's a sad thing. I mean, uh, when, so you could say the same thing for some of our films like Abo. I mean, I mean, Abo never got a lot of viewership out of anyone. So no, no, it's kind of almost like the, like a joke of a movie. 
and, and it's the same thing for all these other people yeah. who, who in some cases made made stuff that's not good, but in some cases made things that are quite quite watchable and quite enjoyable. You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of sad. It's it seems like there should be a streaming service where you can, they can all just go to die. Yeah. <laughs> well, YouTube is that streaming service, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I, I guess in a world of YouTube. Um, YouTube is the zero dollar submission film festival. Yes, <laughs> um, three hundred views, three hundred hits on YouTube. I think, and for me, I was really blown away by even though I hated most of them, even the ones I hated, I was blown away by how good the average was. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I've been watching shitty movies when I first started out. I watched them all through college. I watched them all through my master's program. I've been watching shitty people try to make shitty movies including myself for a very long time and so that, you're it's saying that the baseline has gone up since the, the, it's since risen. you started yeah. yeah now what do you what do you attribute to that do you think it's uh technology making it look better or do you think pe- or do you think the standards are so high these days that uh people watch a lot of good stuff on tv they watch a lot of uh, i don't think it's that like I think what? it's, a, it, it's a, a lot more people have the opportunity to practice yeah and the mm-hmm. 75 dollar bar here uh, I yeah. think I think that kept the real cruft out um, because I the, for all the three thousand here and the hundred fifty we saw, there's probably thirty or three hundred thousand films that they just didn't didn't quite like them enough or didn't care about them enough to put them into a festival. Because you know? even even window chalk, yeah, um, is actually vi- like you couldn't get a beginning filmmaker to make a movie that looks that good. No. No, it's a joke of a movie. It is. And, but yet, <laughs> and yet it's it's like you, not anyone could do that. Yeah. Um, there were only maybe seriously of the 150, maybe three. There were just hilarious jokes. Yeah. There were, <laughs> there were just like, get the fuck out of here. And that's kind of incredible if you think about it. I mean, if you kind of put things on a bell curve of, of, of how good they are. I mean, that's very little at the bottom end yeah. of that curve. Well, in a situation like that, do you think these beginning filmmakers are just so myopic that they have no clue what else is out there that looks better and have no clue that the thing that they just made is not all that good? No, I don't think so. And that they should have just made it and thrown it out and then moved on to the next thing that might have been good enough. I think that a lot of people get enough exposure to media, especially with YouTube now, to understand kind of what's good, what's good enough, you know, I think. Well. I think she's talking about the three, right? You're talking yeah. about like the, the, the low yeah, three. yeah. What leads someone to create something that's not all that good and then look at it and say, this is worth $75. Yeah. This is worth people's time and energy to come and see my movie. Well, I remember when I, when I was 15, uh, I, you know, I made some really garbage short films yeah. and, 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 and I compared them to like the other people in my area making movies. And I was like, wow, I'm blowing them away. <laughs> and, I, and I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't, uh, but could you have convinced Frankie, like 15 year old Frankie to spend a little money on a festival submission with like big hopes and big dreams? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. For uh, films like, like Sumos or, or yeah. some of the early stuff that, <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> I want to just scroll through some, some, uh, honorable mentions. All right. Um, <laughs> the cocksure lads. <laughs> that was the first thing, wasn't it? All I got was you guys commenting on it, and it sounds just laughably bad. It's dressed up to be a Hollywood movie, basically. It, it's um, there's a there's a band, a UK band, the Great Big Sea, I think it's called. This movie was was drippingly British, dangerously British. It's about a band that's about to hit big in Canada. Yeah, like they're, they're starting their North American tour from the UK, and they're kind of like sexy young UK men. And they have a breakup at the very beginning of the uh, of the movie be, uh, over money, 
and then they all go off on their own comedic adventures, and then they eventually come back to yeah. get together. So it's it's structured very much like a Hollywood movie. In many ways, it's glossed up like a Hollywood movie, but it's just crap. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of those things you would find on Netflix, like when nothing else good is on. Just one of these crappy, like two one and a half star movies. There's got to be something better. But the the <laughs> next one I'm about to talk about does meet your criteria. John, you watched this with me. It's called Awaken. It was the first feature you watched. It was about like uh, a bunch of people that wash up on an island. You should already know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why is this on the honorable mentions list? Because it, it, I'm very cynical about this movie. Yeah. Let me start with the synopsis. Uh, a bunch of people kind of like lost. Yeah wash up on an island, and they're all like, where are we? The fuck's going on? What happened? And (laughs) they find themselves as part of an intricate plot to something, something. Oh, yeah, no, I know. It was... uh, uh, It was uh, organ harvesting, wasn't it? Yes, it was organ harvesting to save the child of... What what's that what's that actress's name? She she played a robot in. Um, she was real B worthy in this. Yeah, but she used to be a big deal. She played a robot in a <laughs> in, in Blade Runner, and she was also in Kill Bill. Uh, what the hell is her name? Um, anyway, she it's like a famous actress comes in. She has a child. They're gonna have their organs harvested to keep the child alive. Yeah, the the, the theory was like these people just kind of are held on an island until rich people need replacement organs, then they kill them to take their <laughs> organs. That was that was honestly. Are you guys applying the same gloss that I did earlier, where it seems like it has a plot? No, that's a good description. This was a real made-for-TV movie. Because that sounds okay. It's not okay. It, it wasn't okay. It was super boring. <laughs> organ harvesting for rich people is not okay, and I'm I'm here to speak against it. They put a lot of effort into the action sequences, the bullets flying, and the why are why are there bullets flying? <laughs> you don't want to damage these organs that you essentially want to harvest. That's at a some great. Point. That's a great point. <laughs> Looks like it. You're, pu- you're putting way too much thought into this. Well, if you shoot them through the head or the neck or something, I think you could miss some major organs. You could just see the poster. The poster is going to look a lot like The Walking Dead. Yeah. And when it ends up on Netflix, a lot of people are going to watch it. Yeah. The oh. movie was made very cynically. Well, essentially, they are The Walking Dead because they're going to be harvested. Well, there you have it. Are they just normal people or are they in like a persistent vegetative state? Oh no, they're normal people wandering the island, but they, they were chosen, you know, cause they were, they were captured. So it's more like lost and less like the matrix where people are kept alive by machines in a big room. It's quote unquote popular genre, <laughs> popular uh, genre <laughs> film. <laughs> and we didn't even get to see the ending because it cut out. That's right. It didn't even <gasps> end. Uh, so like the, your equipment failed or no, no. that's how it ended. No, they didn't upload the whole movie. Yeah. They only uploaded like they missed the last 10 to 15 or <gasps> how many minutes. Uh Oh, well, that's why I didn't make it. Would it, would you have passed it through? Uh, no way. No fucking way. Would I pass it through? Even with the ending, we wouldn't. <laughs> Nothing. The ending could have done would have brought it around for you guys. No. Like if they had 10 minutes left, could they have done anything Nothing. to bring it around? Th- what do you think this is? Her composition. <laughs> <laughs> I look on their IMDb and they have one movie after another that is made to look like another property. Yep. And uh, it, 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 as to, you know, get you to accidentally yeah. buy so it. So they're the, they're the scary movie guys. Yeah. Catch of, on. Uh, yeah, catch of, on film. Uh, amateur filmmaking. Definitely. A couple of animated ones that I really liked. Um, Food for Thought, Food for Life. It was like a documentary about... Um, about table to farm, like farm to table. Yeah, but it was like, it didn't even have like a singular vision. It was just no. about lots of things. That yeah, it just food. kept it just kept talking about like, it, talking about something in food. There's a lot of salt in food these days. Do you guys know that? It was a masterclass in what not to do with documentary. Yeah, it was. Like, you should like show just, that and say, no, don't com- do any of this. Completely unfocused. <laughs> oh, 
honorable mention. Honorable mention. Uh, us and them. Now let's see Refreshed if you remember my brains because I don't. Re- I remember the title, but us and them is a four-part anthology film in which. Uh, oh, this disaster. <laughs> Let me see what I can do here. I th- this might have actually been my least favorite feature of everything. Oh, God. It was it was basically four 20-minute parts um, in which it followed around characters with just like a loose camera. Yeah. Like the camera just kind of like totally handheld, completely unintentional cinematography with narration overlaid. One of them was about like a businessman who uh, can't get romantically involved with anybody. Yeah. Did I see this one? This no. sounds so familiar. Are you sure? You must have just described it to me or shown me <laughs> some of the poorer pieces of it. There was never any dialogue in the movie. Yeah. Once it was done describing their story, yep. it then cut to like twee music yep. and them just walking the fuck around for like five minutes. <gasps> Every this, time. I think I did see this. And, <laughs> I had to have seen this. And um, it was agonizing. Which means you could have turned it off after two stories, right? Because that's 40 minutes. Yeah. But Frankie had already kind of set the precedent at that point. We're not going to stop. We don't. Movie. No, nothing <laughs> stops this train. Nothing stops this train. Nothing stops the frame train. Except the failed upload. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Only, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to reach out to them and say, please give me the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I really got to know how this ends, you guys. Does the baby get its organ? <gasps> we'll never know. Hopeful romantic. Um, I showed Aaron and Mike this one recently, and they were they were crying with laughter. Um <laughs> It, it's 15 <laughs> minutes. It's two bearded gay men. Did I see this one? I this think I must like... have shown you this. I yeah. watched this, yeah. It's very glossy, bright lights, wonderful colors, and it's the musical story of how they met, yep. then how they broke up, then how one of them coped, then how one of them wanted to get back in. And that was one of the two films with a cameo by um, George Takai. By George Takai. <laughs> there were two cameos by George Takai in 150 films. Really? Aaron and Mike told me. I don't know why they know this. I think it's from Howard Stern or something. They were like, he basically just will fuck anybody and be in their movie. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, I have an idea to turn your next movie. Yeah? Well, somebody's going to have to take one for the team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, would we say anybody? Is it specifically dudes? Uh, I think so. He's not going to have sex with you, Emily. (laughs) No way. Um, I mean, I try. I keep trying to get my career as a star fucker off the ground, and it's just not going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you want to start in the C list. You got to look beyond Takai. <laughs> yeah, I'm really C list. I'm I'm with a guy who was in a short in the <laughs> film festival last year with terrible audio problems. <laughs> it is literally the C list. Well, you're not making a musical composition, are you? But once, <laughs> yes. <laughs> once again, it was. It would have been really difficult to make. It was a 15 minute music video. Yeah, and lots of music, lots of competent music. I would say very generic pop. Yeah, but, but competent and the dude mixed could, the, sound. The dude could sing, yeah. but he was the opposite of a pop star. Yes. He's just a gay guy with a beard. Yeah. Um, Did you feel short. any political pressure to include uh, movies with gay themes? Because there was another one we saw that had uh, like a lesbian couple that broke up for a while and then a few years later got back right. together when she found like her phone number in a book. It was just too boring. Something. Well, well, it's, it's too boring. Once they, once they set me on that on that track of like it's got to be good. Yeah. Um, th- then, then that kind of fell away. That pretense of, yeah. of trying to politicize. But if it or, was, if it was okay, and then there was like a good political message, then I got kind of stuck. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what about this one? Did this make the cut? Oh fuck no, no, no. no. <laughs> 
What are, okay, so you're describing it as the, the guy had a good voice, the music was good, the, the plot. But it was baffling. I, 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 I've <laughs> it never, didn't make any sense. I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen two, beard, two gay beardos sing for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't to be seen. No, it wasn't meant for it. Um, George Takai plays like his therapist, but he doesn't have any dialogue or singing parts. There's literally no dialogue. It's yeah. all singing. Yeah, they, everything's sung. Let's see, what else? A lot of handheld DSLR photography that goes in and out of focus strategically or made to look strategic when it's not at all. Yeah. Accidental like that, that somebody, somebody did that somewhere and everybody's copied it. I don't know where it originated from. I think it looks like it's contemplative. Yeah. Like if I, like if, if it's you sitting here with the Afghan wrapped around you and I kind of start wandering around you with like an out of focus DSLR, it makes it look like your psyche is complicated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that's uh, what a lot of people tried to do. I want to talk about this one. Right. Sugar Wonder Blues. These fucking guys. Give me the summary. I don't know if I, I see this it's, one. It's about two brothers who own a garage whose father died before the events of the film. I have not seen it. You said that this was uh, a theme you saw a lot, was someone who was dealing with a death that had happened before the movie started. That did happen this a lot. This was another Very trend. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of movies that were about like... Coping. Like when the movie started, it's somebody coping with a death. Yeah. A lot of movies about that. Well, I think I think people just pulled that out of an event in their lives and wrote it and said, oh, this has never happened to anyone before. But the problem is, is that when it's a five minute movie and everything happened off camera. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you, now you're kind of dealing with just the... And then you um, just have like a sad woman walking around, like wiping her cheeks. With just... out of focus photography. Yeah. Because <laughs> her psyche is complicated. Most of the time, the story they meant to tell wasn't in that movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was in some other movie. Um, like I, I don't care that you're sad about someone dying if I don't know the person. That's right. Like there was this one that uh, that comes to mind about bicycles. Um, yes. Uh, and, and the the <laughs> it starts off with and you think it's going to be a documentary about bicycles in New York. Yes. Um, and, and like gives some statistics about death on bicycles and I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. We're going to have a little discussion about about bicycle safety. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a narrative film, and the character has died in a bike accident. This woman, you never see her. You only see this man whose life is ruined by it, and it. it it's like 20 minutes of him laying on the couch. And he only finally gets over it because he, he's like um, disheveled. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, he's able to get like kind of trimmed up a little bit. And he's only ever able to do that because he visits where the bike crashed. Yes. And it's, it's, and it's, and so, what? it's bewildering because the story, all the interesting part of the story is oh, already happened. It's literally called ghost bike. <laughs> yes. It is. It's called ghost, ghost bike. Yes. Cause she's on, she's a ghost on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's dry, she's biking around New York and yeah the reason he, he says oh. it it seemed like it was a, a documentary is because the opening shots are like time lapse shots of New York City yeah and, it, and 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 they show actual statistics on screen yeah of bike accidents in New York City like oh wow it's gonna be like oh bike lane we're, we're probably laughing at somebody whose spouse died on a bike because that's probably what he made that movie uh, for yeah you're right otherwise why would he make that movie yeah and, and, and it's about his anguish and, and trying to present that as a, well, as a piece of art him more if he's just really moved by the plight of folks on bikes like even if it doesn't touch him personally just no i can't see it it doesn't seem likely i am diminished by the death of one person on a bike oh but sugar wonder blues yeah so so dad died before the movie started now they own a garage the one brother is like the crazy brother like the rebel brother and the other brother is the straight laced brother who doesn't understand how well why'd you have to go wayward and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um 
And there's like the 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 straight laced brother has a a wife who starts to fuck the other one. It's just it's one of those movies where they think that they can sustain our attention with moody dialogue inside of one room for a very long time and it doesn't work. Is there an industry term for that? I've heard uh, bottle films like usually mm. when it's taking place in one place. Never heard one that term. Main, one main setting. Okay. There must be but I don't know it. Um, at the end like they pull guns on each other and it feels like it's out of nowhere by the way. <laughs> it feels like just kind of a standard family drama. In fact it opens feeling a little bit like a comedy. Yeah. Because they're at like a, um, a children's party and, and the dude's too sad to participate and there's a little <laughs> bit of comedy in that and then... <laughs> trying to follow me here. <laughs> uh, so that's Sugar Wonder Blues, which of course I looked it up and of course they've got a making of video on Yeah, YouTube, you can watch that. It's just like Check I'm, it out, folks. Speaking of too sad to participate, you and you and I have talked about one of our favorite movie tropes and that is sad women getting plowed, basically. Yes. Like if you're... Uh, we want to do a super cut. <laughs> we want to do a super cut of sad women getting plowed because what this is is uh, when you see a woman in a feminist romp getting kind of uh, depressed and then later she, you know, reclaims her sexuality or whatever. Yes, good. At the beginning of the movie, she is having sex and she's so sad. <laughs> oh, he's so oblivious to it, but she, but she's <laughs> just did happen a lot. Oh, and she's looking off at the walls like the guy is not going to notice. Just and there was some of that in uh, her composition. It was right? did we do so. we see it in any of the other movies? Because it's become such a trope. Probably. For, <laughs> uh, yeah, just like she's looking up at the ceiling and the dude is none the wiser that she's going through a feminist <laughs> crisis. <laughs> I, I find it fascinating that there are themes that you're picking up throughout these these movies. Um, when I was listening to Dan Savage on a podcast talking about um, Hump, the film festival that he does, he says that sometimes there are just themes that you would never expect. Like one year there were just like five spoofs of the same movie of like um, Mission Impossible right. spoofs uh, in a porn interpretation. Which tells you that some, there was something sexual that happened in Mission Impossible that captured a few imaginations. Yeah. It, it, it points to trends. And so when we talk about like a parent dying off screen, that cropped up a lot. But I was wondering if there were any other themes that you had picked up on. I mean, I, I guess it depends. Like if maybe if we were screeners for a different kind of film festival. Like I, I remember always hearing that like every every movie that got submitted was a zombie movie. Like I've, I've heard yeah. that. I've heard that before. We didn't see it. Right. I don't think there were, there was only a, a small handful of zombie films. in the Only one I can even, Oh, well one, one zo pure zombie movie, a couple of vampire. It's unfortunate to say, but if your budget is a certain level of low, you, you really can't abide a long runtime. Yeah, you can't um, you, you, like suddenly an hour and a half runtime for a low budget movie. Even a good movie is kind of like two hour 15. There was a movie called Winter that you and I watch and, and Nina as well, which was um, about like a dad who was very homeless and alcoholic. Very homeless. He was more homeless than usual. More homeless than you would expect, actually. <laughs> the, like the, he... the child the child was um, he played young Magneto in X-Men First Class. Yes, that's uh, right. That's what I mean by like these these actors crop up. Like, yeah. How do you how do you get that? How do you get the mom from E.T. or George Takei? Well, the mom or... from, well, George Takei, you fuck him. The mom from E.T. Right. Uh, you probably she, fuck her, too. Uh, I mean, she's not looking as hot as she used to. I think the mom from E.T. is a little kooky and she's a little artistic and I think she enjoys getting involved in that sort of thing. And I think the child actor from X-Men First Class wasn't all that famous to begin with and, yeah. and needs to continue to work. And um, 
And he has such a, a thick British or Scottish accent that he can't be in a lot of American movies. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, give him a couple thousand bucks. I mean, play him union scale if he's, if they're union and, and you know, you can get him in. And Win- Winter, the movie I'm talking about, about this alcoholic dad who needs to reunite with the family and they, they, they there are skeletons in the closet and they must work through them. You know, one of those movies. Um, we didn't pass it along, but well shot, well acted. Yep. It's not a very good movie. Um <laughs> Bouquet. We there was an end of the world movie we watched that was shot in Iceland. Yeah, I've got some confusion about what bouquet means because I've heard EJ talking about it in our chat. The beauty created by an out of focus lens uh, in the elements that are out of focus. That's that's about right. And so, did you find that this movie really represented that? No, no. (laughs) Uh, They did have a camera. The, yeah, the, the couple there had was a camera. A camera. It, 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 hmm. For a movie called Bouquet, it was very like tightly focused, and there was not really any bouquet it, it, in it. It was actually the only movie I can think of that had this was a a working cut. Yeah, where they, there were actual slates that said like VFX effects, yes. uh, not complete, and things like can that. Can you ever imagine a situation where that's successful? Because that doesn't sound very appealing to a viewer. It just wasn't quite ready yeah. yet. I mean, oh, presumably... okay, okay. I thought that was part of their vision. No, no. Look, this movie was not cheap to make. No, clearly. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of work. This is one of those movies where it it was a ton of work and it will probably never get seen. By a anybody. lot of locations, a lot of, of odd gorgeous, locations. Gorgeous locations. Yeah, a lot of real Icelandic locations that you can't fake. <laughs> it's one of those movies where a couple is on vacation in Iceland and then they wake up and there's nobody outside. Yeah, and everybody is gone and nobody knows why. That's my favorite post-apocalyptic fantasy. So <laughs> I just look out and there is nobody there and I can go into all their houses. Yeah, it's it's that. Uh, I Am Gangster, by the way, was that gangster movie that we were talking about, the, the skinheads. Yeah. Um, Oh, and by the way, Ghost Bike was actually called She Rides the Ghost Bike. Oh, She Rides the Ghost Bike. Oh, mm-hmm. That that's that's kind of giving away the whole film in a line. Yeah, well, <laughs> she is the one who died on the bike, ergo. She rides the ghost bike. <laughs> the bike also died in the accident. There were no survivors. Because <laughs> I mean, you have to be able to take your bike into the afterlife. So it's kind of like burying a cat with, uh, with a mummy. Yeah, a ghost can't ride a regular bike. It has to be a ghost bike. <laughs> Otherwise, you just look out and there's a bike riding by. That's, now that would be <laughs> crazy. What kind of debate is this? Uh, oh. Over is a UK made film that was about yeah. was about six or seven minutes. Yep. And at first you and I were like, what are we watching? And as it unfolded, we realized this movie is genius. Yeah. Here, here's what happened. I'm going to spoil it. It starts with like a, a, a lot of cleanup, uh, like uh, ambulances, cops, that sort of thing at a house. And we're, we're very far from it. It's a, we're at a big distance from it. Then uh, it says like two hours earlier and it's a little less cleanup. Yeah, and then two hours right earlier. And eventually it gets to the point where there's just a body outside of a house. And you realize that, it, that you're watching in reverse the cleanup of a body. Then it cuts to early in the morning. There's no carnage whatsoever. Everything's calm. And out of fucking nowhere, a body drops from the sky and falls to its death. And that's it. And it looks awesome. Right. Then it says... Like it goes to, to titles. That's pretty much the end of the movie. It goes to titles. It says, uh, you know, in real life, basically, uh, there was this cargo flight that yep. that had a man that that had stowed away to escape uh, his country. Yeah, he stowed away in the uh, in the what is the the landing gear, and they dumped it. Yeah, well, no, because the landing gear they, they were going to land in Heathrow. Landing gear came down. And he fell out of the thing and died. And he just fell to his death in, you know, yeah, in, in, in London or wherever. Is that one that you passed on? Because I don't know that we it's... We passed uh, it on. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Um, it it had some struggles. Now, it wasn't, wasn't there a perfect. time period where mo- movies shot in reverse were all the rage? I'm yeah, thinking well, of Memento. Memento or things that were visualized out of order. This is much more minimalist. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Uh, for me, it worked. I, I thought it yeah. was really clever. There was one that I passed along called, uh, I didn't tell you guys about this because it was actually just too good of a movie to talk about. Yeah. And yet not so good that it was I really know. worth talking about. But I did pass it along. It was called Super Bob. It's about a very average British man who gets Superman-like powers. And, <laughs> he, and he ends up like becoming a corporate sponsor for everything um, because he's, he's just a normal guy that gets bought. And, and uh, a game of game of Thrones actress is the uh, supporting role. She's like that uh, wildling woman that follows around the little boring kids. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one last one. Superior living, superior living. Uh, Like it was a half hour animated pilot uh, for, for a television show. And it was embarrassingly bad. (laughs) <laughs> but I think I saw that. I, I saw some, I, I showed some clips. part of it. Because it was not watchable. It was so unfunny. But you know what was funny? The dude's website. Do you remember that? Yeah. We went to his website. He was a lawyer yep. who's uh, trying to make movies and animations. He spent wow. a bunch of money contracting this out to be animated. And, and it was um, so unwatchable. And he... he <laughs> all of his quotes on his website were about how awful he is and how awful his movies are. Well, and that's something like most people are not going to admit that because so many of these are a person's heart's work. They that is what they poured their heart into and really thought they have created something. And sometimes that's a little hard to wrap your head around that that someone out there really loves this piece that they made about a guy drawing windows in a barn or whatever. I would totally watch his feature if it came. He out. was really invested in these characters. I think that one was Alex, but he was trying to make a. Uh, like short films about all of the characters in this other film that didn't actually exist. Oh, that dude had a whole blog about how he was like, guys, I think we nailed it. <laughs> I did. He didn't say that. <laughs> I pretty much right. said that. Final thoughts on this entire process? I would definitely do it again. I thought it was such fun. I would do it again too. I wish I had done more. There are a lot in here that I don't remember watching at all. I don't. No. I, I don't know what the hell they are. Well, and that's the problem is that some of them are just so forgettable. Do you remember twenty ninety four, Frankie? No, it's just on your list. I don't remember. I remember it some. I I I was on the treadmill a lot during these. That's the best thing. <laughs> that, that's the best reason. You'll to do forever it. associate them with running. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Or walking. You know, we said. That we'd watched all of them. That's true. That is accurate. <laughs> you were present for all of them. However, <laughs> there were some that necessitated a lot of pointless bathroom breaks. <laughs> like, uh, oh, I just gotta get away from this for like, a minute. I'm gonna try to squeeze out another dump, <laughs> uh, just to, just as an excuse. Or like, um, yeah, you start looking at your phone a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like to the point you of get out the laptop. You're you're kind of. I, I had some when we were watching them. I'd put it on, like on the second screen off yeah. to the side. And like I'd play a game. All right. Uh, that was it. If we ever do it again, you'll get to hear another podcast like this. But otherwise, this might be it. This might be it. Well, let me ask you something. Are you only invited as a screener because you had your thing in the film festival last year? Is that even an option for this this year upcoming? They're trying to find people they trust to tell to, to be able to tell what a good story is. And so they chose me because they liked my movie. Right now, if I were to refer you guys you, you, we could probably get you to do it. Yeah. Do it. Well, let, let's give it a try. All right. You All really right. want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. I can't stand the idea. <laughs> um, all all right. right. That's all. Bye. Bye. Bye.